You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. It's draft day. We're so excited to be here with you guys. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And today's special draft day episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Before we get started, we are two riders who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over six seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I also write for the LA Football Network, and we've been the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast for the last four seasons, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? It is draft day. Super, super excited draft to be here with day, you guys. baby. Let's it's go. been a mission to get to this point. We've heard so many different things. And with the Chargers picking at 13, especially with the needs that they have and the uncertainty of everything going on around them, I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I don't think anyone knows what's going to go down because it's already off to a crazy start with all the pre-draft trades that we've seen. And we're going to get and we'll get into some of that today. But First, let me just thank everyone who is checking in with us today on this very special day. We're really excited to be here with you guys, and hopefully you guys tune in tonight to the Locked On NFL YouTube page because we will be on there giving analysis for the pick when the Chargers do pick, and then obviously tomorrow we'll be back here with it. You know, who's next for the Chargers, our first reactions to the pick at 13, and all of those things. But thank you to everyone who's checking it out, especially our first-time listeners. On today's show, we're going to be starting with a very important thing for the Chargers, and that is trade scenarios because everyone is mocking the Chargers at 13 for the most part right but what if they don't pick there you know so the Chargers could obviously trade up they could trade back probably more likely to trade up given Tom Telesco's history so we'll go through the abilities man we'll go through the options of the different teams that could make sense for the Chargers to move up with or move down with and also just talk about Benjamin Albright kind of hinting the fact that he wouldn't be surprised that the Charger, if the Chargers moved up to seven to take Panay Sewell. So a lot to get into there. But in the second segment, we're going to just get into our guys. I think everyone has a list of their guys in any draft class. So we're not going to be talking about the Chargers needs and things like that. We're just going to talk about guys that we've scouted during this process that we really like, even if they probably won't be there for the Chargers potentially. Right. So we'll get into that in the second segment. And then to wrap up the show today. Since we are going to make a prediction for tonight's pick, that will be what we do at the end of the show. But not just that, we'll also get into our nightmare pick at 13 because you always have to be ready for anything with the Chargers and with the draft in general. So we'll get into what we think would be the worst possible scenario for the Chargers at 13 before giving our final prediction on who the Chargers are going to take once they head to the podium. So let's go ahead and get into it. The Chargers, as recently as last year, have moved up in the draft. And last year was Kenneth Murray, who they ended up moving from their second round pick to get back up into the first round to get Kenneth Murray, a linebacker for the Chargers. So they had two first round picks. But we also saw what happened, you know, when they didn't end up getting a second or third round pick. Obviously, their second turned into a first. But the next pick after that was Josh Kelly, right? And they weren't able to get a lot of guys that really contributed To the team after that, I mean, it was Joe Reed, Alohi Gilman, K.J. Hill. So you have to wonder if trading up is always the right thing to do. But I do think the Chargers are more likely to trade up. And I think there's a couple of spots here, David, that would make the most sense. 
the seventh and eighth pick, right? So the seventh belongs to the Lions currently. Mm-hmm. And the Panthers at eight are, are are also a team that could potentially move down, try to wait, especially if there's a quarterback available for someone to try to go up, give them a ton of draft picks to help their roster out because they definitely need it. And I just think that the other thing that goes along with this is Benjamin Albright, not only in his last mock draft had the Chargers trading up to seven with the Lions, probably to get ahead of the Panthers who could use a left tackle as well. But also he just kind of candidly put out there, wouldn't be surprised to see the Chargers try to trade up into the top 10. Then he put in parentheses seven for an OT in parentheses Sewell. So it's hard to believe there's any leaked information out there, David. But when you're looking at trade up possibilities, I think those are the two picks that make the most sense. I think I can hear Brian Rick celebrating right now a little bit too hard about the the rumors of potentially the Chargers trading for Panesuo, but I think he's not the only one. I mean, obviously, I would be very excited if the Chargers were able to get Panesuo. I think he's a transcendent talent. I think he's going to make a team very happy for the next 10 to 15 years. I see him as that high quality of a player, but I mean, the Chargers would have to mortgage a lot uh, to be able to move up to that level. I mean, you're going from 13 into the top 10 into seven. Now you have to consider the variables too. I mean, the Detroit lions have a new head coach. They have a new offensive coordinator. There's a lot of turnover there. They have a lot of holes they need to fill the Carolina Panthers. They're still young. They have a new quarterback. They have a lot of holes that they need to fill. So there is potential there for those two teams to be open for business. And if Panay Sewell is available at that pick, I think you have to strongly, strongly consider picking up the phone and trying to do what it takes to get a deal done to get him in lightning bolts. Well, and I know for you specifically, I mean, this is something we were talking about before the show is just how much is too much to yeah. give up. And I think that for me, I'm not trying to give up a future first round pick. I just don't know if you can even guess, you know, correctly where about the first round pick is going to be in 2022. And I think the other thing is, is like Tom Telesco said, you better make sure that the player works out because you're basically trading two picks for him. So you're either going to look like a genius or you're going to look like the biggest idiot in the world, right? I mean, there really is no middle ground. Yeah. So I think that's just going to be the question at the end of the day is just how much do you give up for it? And I think, David, you said before the show that you would even consider trading a 2022 first round pick to go up and get him. Yeah, I mean, the more we talk about it, the more I don't like it as much. But yes, I would be okay with it just because you consider if Panay is that transcendent talent that I think he is, then he can be the left tackle the Chargers have been sorely missing for most of the 2010s and the 2000s in general. I mean, there's only a handful of left tackles that have really put together even more than three or four seasons of consistent play for the Chargers. So if Panay steps in and continues to be Justin Herbert's blindside protector for the next 10, 15 years, then I'm a genius. And, you know, you, you mortgage, you, you trade that first round pick, you do it and you're, you're ec- ecstatic about it. But if you do it and he comes in and he f- completely flops, then I'm losing my job if I'm Tom Telesco, right? So you have to be 100% convicted that if you're going to trade a first-round pick in addition to more picks, because that's what it's going to take, then you better be damn sure that Panay Sewell is that guy at left tackle. Yeah, and I think if you're the Chargers, I mean, at least from where I'm sitting, you have to see how it plays out too, right? I mean... If the Bengals or even the Dolphins after that decide they're going to take tackles, I mean, they could go 
Sewell and then Slater, right? I mean, I don't think that's how it's going to go, but it's something that could potentially happen. So you're not going to see that trade until they know what's available. But if one of those guys gets to a certain pick, do you pull the trigger if there's someone ahead of you that might end up taking them, right? Because the Broncos could take an offensive lineman. The Panthers could take an offensive lineman. The Eagles could potentially take an offensive lineman. I don't think they will, but it's possible. And there's just a lot of uncertainty there as far as who's going to be there. So I understand the thought process of wanting to move up because of that uncertainty, but for me, I don't want to give up a future first-round pick just because, okay, next year, even if you're in the 20s in the first round, now your first pick in the draft is going to come somewhere around you know, 55 to 60. So that that's right. pretty hard to you know find really good impact players if you don't have one of those first-round picks and feel good about it because that's where Tom Telesco, like probably a lot of GMs, has had the most success, right? Because those are his highest percentage of hits is in the first round. But looking at tradeback scenarios, we did see that Tom Telesco said, hey, I like to trade down. I would rather trade down, yet I've only traded up. So I don't think that they're going (laughs) to do it, but I do think that it is something that makes a lot of sense for the Chargers, especially because you could move down a few slots potentially and also still find yourself a really good player. But it also goes back to the same thing. Where does it stop? You know what I mean? How far are you willing to move back? What teams would want to move up? So I think the ones that stick out to me are the Patriots, not that they think that the Vikings will take a quarterback, but if someone would trade with the Vikings to get up ahead of the Patriots to get yes. a quarterback. And then I think the other ones that would make a lot of sense were if the Chicago Bears wanted to move up or if the Washington football team wanted to move up and try to get a quarterback because those quarterback situations aren't the greatest right now. Yeah, no, and there's going to be several quarterbacks that are going to be taken in the top 10, but that means that probably one or two of those guys are going to fall. I mean, like we've been hearing a lot of rumors about Justin Fields potentially falling. And if that happens, I mean, he could have more than a couple of suitors to move up. And I, for one, and I was talking with Dan before the show is I would not want to trade back any more than 10 picks because I don't really have that many more players that are rated in the first round. And I still want to get a player. I feel I can come in and make an impact I mean, while picking up more picks, but I just don't know if past that point, there are players I would feel really good about taking in the first round. So I I don't mind trading back, but I mean, of course, the value's got to be there. Yeah. And I mean, you just don't know what's going to happen. That's the danger of trading down is you don't know how the next few picks are going to play out. I mean, we think that the Minnesota Vikings are pretty likely to potentially end up taking an offensive lineman or an edge rusher, but they could have a chance at a good lineman there like Vera Tucker or Christian Darrison. We don't know how high teams are on somebody like Tevin Jenkins. So, I mean, if you move back 10 picks, who's to say that all three of those guys aren't gone by the time you end up picking at 23, right? And now you're looking at, you know, the Sam Cosmes, the Dylan Raidens, and now you're potentially reaching for one of those guys. So there is risk, but hey, you also add, you know, more draft capital to go get more players to add. More opportunities to knock it out of the park, as Tom Telesco would say. So, yeah, everything, I mean, is risk assessment, right? You have to understand what you could potentially miss out on and also the things that you could add later on in the draft to hopefully get impact players for your team. But I just wonder at this point, so, David, if you had to put money on it, or you know, what percentage chance do you think the charge have to trade up? Like, do you think it is? Let me put it this way. Do you think it is a realistic chance that we see the Chargers trade in the first round tomorrow, whether that's back up into the first round or just trading up or down in the, the with their first round pick. 
Yeah, I mean, I know Tom Telesco says that his philosophy is that he would rather trade back than trade up, but we haven't seen anything but him trading up. And I think with uh, Brandon Staley, with a defensive-minded head coach, I think there's a possibility that they take a left tackle and they trade back into the first round to take their cornerback of choice. That's still available. So I think there is a high possibility that a trade could happen. Yeah, I mean, tonight could be crazy. I mean, they've stayed put more often than they haven't, but you just never know. I mean, I think if that was, you know, saying, do I think it'll happen or not? I would lean more towards not, but just because, you know, it's not over a 50% chance that they're going to trade, I still think, I mean, with Tom Telesco, there's a good possibility he tries to make a move. We'll see how it all works out, but we do have two more segments to get into because we are going to be getting into some of our favorite players from this draft class that we would hope end up with the Chargers potentially and just guys that we really like their film. And then to wrap up the show, we'll get into our nightmare scenario at pick 13 and also get into who we think the Chargers are going to pick with their first round pick, our final prediction before the draft kicks off tonight. But before we get into that, but first, stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun. But if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone, Team up with Wealthfront instead. Wealthfront can create a profile of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNFL. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNFL to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNFL and get started today. All right, so we talked about some trade scenarios for the Chargers because we all know that they could potentially do that tonight. But in this segment, since this is the last show we have before the draft kicks off, I wanted to just go into a list of our guys because every segment we've talked about draft prospects, we've had a specific agenda in mind, right? The needs of the Chargers, what we are looking for and what position potentially could go in what round. So many different things. But on today's show, I just wanted to talk about some players that we really liked from watching all the guys that we did because... For all the guys we liked, there were plenty of guys that we didn't like as well. So these are only the guys that we felt really good about. So David, who would you start with with some of the guys that you really liked on tape and just guys you would put on your list of guys? Yeah, I mean, besides Panay Sewell and Rashawn Slater, who are pretty obvious, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker is also another love affair that's been well documented on this show. But a guy who I, I've, I've talked about just a little bit um, is Jamar Chase. I mean, the wide receiver out of LSU is just absolutely incredible. Another guy, Jalen Waddle. I think those both of those two guys are like video game characters, just the way the way they finesse down the football field, the how they're able to catch in traffic, how they're able to just explode off the line. They're just incredible players. They're going to be so fun to watch at the next level. I know that they're more than likely not going to be in lightning bolts, although, I mean, Jalen Waddle is probably a, 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 you know, a possibility. Uh, I just don't see it probably happening, but... Both of those guys have been just so electric to watch on tape. It would be very interesting if the Chargers ended up picking a wide receiver. And, hey, maybe that's one of the guys that we predict. Or maybe that's a nightmare scenario for us at the end of the show. But 
there are some guys that you just don't think the Chargers will get, right? So, like, one of my guys is Elijah Moore. I think he's going to go in between the Chargers' 13th and 47th pick. But I love the guy. I mean, he's just explosive, an elite separator, good hands. I mean, so many things to like in his game that I would love him to be on the Chargers, but I also don't think he's making it in the second round. And I also think... Yeah, I mean, I also think they would just potentially choose someone else, even if he was available in the second round, just given that wide receiver for the Chargers isn't a huge need for them compared to things like edge, corner, safety, all of those other different positions that we know have to be addressed or there just could be disaster for the Chargers if they don't find starting caliber players at those spots. So that's a guy I like. Another guy I liked offensively would just be Tommy Tremble, even though I know what he would do for the team wouldn't necessarily show up in the stat sheet very much, right? He's not going to be a guy that's going to catch six passes a game maybe ever in his career, and that's a lot. I mean, I don't even think Hunter Henry. Not often. (laughs) But I do think he's a guy that would just add a certain amount of juice to the Chargers, especially in the physicality department, the effort department, all those things I think you would help out with. David, who else would would you characterize as guys that are your guys in this year's class? Yeah, so another guy who I think just probably had the most juice in this whole class as a pass rusher, a guy who just can just come furiously across the uh, across the edge, is Jalen Phillips. I mean, Jalen Phillips is just so fun to watch on tape. I mean, even when I was watching other guys, it was hard not to focus on him just as just because of how fast he would come around the corner and how quickly he'd get to the quarterback. He was just such a fun prospect. I know more than likely he's not going to be there unless the Chargers trade back and they decide to take him. But, uh, I mean, he was just, man, he was so electric. I mean, pun intended. I mean, he's a fun guy to watch. Like I said, I think he's one of the guys who had the most juice in the class. Yeah, he's another guy that probably goes in between the Chargers first and second round picks. I mean, there's a lot of guys that could potentially be there. Like, I like Tevin Jenkins a lot. He'll probably go there. Greg Newsom's another guy that I haven't really been talking about a lot just because I don't think there's a chance where the Chargers would take them that it would make sense. I mean, maybe moving back up into the first round, but that would take probably quite a haul to get up there from 47. So I don't know if they like him that much. But getting to some other guys, I mean, you talk about juice off the edge. I love a couple of guys in that sense. I mean, Joe Tryon, if you're just looking for juice and you know that you kind of have to clean up the containment, some of the you know recklessness that he has, but you know he's going to go out there and just be an absolute lightning bug for you. I think I like him in that role. But the other guy is Peyton Turner, another guy who has had the you know hype train rise him up a lot. I thought he would be able to be a third round pick for the Chargers at one point. Now it's looking like he'll be a second round pick. But huge guy played for Houston, so he didn't play against the best competition. But a guy I really like because of his hustle and some of the juice he brought in that way. Anyone else you want to touch on, David? I know there's at least one guy that you haven't touched on that I know you like a lot. You're right. Absolutely. So one guy I know is probably not a position of need, or at least not a number one need for that matter. And you might say he has a similar profile to some of the running backs that are already on the roster, but I don't care. I just loved watching him. Michael Carter, the running back out of North Carolina, uh, UNC, he was just absolutely electric to watch. I mean, he, he was a home run hitter. I mean, it just seemed like every single game that I watched, I saw him juke somebody out or run somebody over, and he's a diminutive guy. He's a smaller stature type of guy, but that doesn't matter because it doesn't show up on tape. I mean, he just he makes plays. That's all he does, and I I know running back is not – you know, a top need, and he might be gone where the value might dictate that he is going to go. But nonetheless, he was just such a fun player to watch, and that's why I had to have him on my list. 
Right, and I mean, there's a lot of guys like that I think fit into that category. It's like, are the Chargers going to take a running back as highly as he may be taken? Maybe not, but he was another guy that really owned the Senior Bowl weekend, really had his draft stock rise because of it. But I was going to say Hamza Nazaruddin just because I know that's oh, yeah. a guy that we both like. Another guy that just brings that juice. I mean, I think even Asante Samuel, two guys that are both in the same backfield, right? I mean, just two guys who are going to love to tackle Guys that have that grit that you're looking for in players that you want to bring in to kind of change the philosophy on your defense is just being a faster, more physical team. Those guys Twitchy are both electric players, players. Yeah, and I just think that for the Chargers, the more guys you add like that, the better you're going to be. But there's a lot of guys that we liked in this class. We've watched more guys than ever, so there was a ton of guys to pick from. I would add Avery Williams, you know, my seventh-round pick too. Just an absolute dynamo return man. I know they tried it. With Joe Reed, but this guy's, as far as punt returning ability, they're not even on the same level because Joe Reed doesn't really return punts. This is a guy that had six career punt return touchdowns at the collegiate level. So a ton of guys to be excited about in this draft class. Hopefully the Chargers can pick up on a few of those guys and really maybe add some juice to the team in 2021. But we do have one more segment to get into. Our final segment before the NFL draft kicks off tonight. And you guys can check us out on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. We're going to be getting into our nightmare scenario for the Chargers at 13 before getting into our final prediction on who we think they're going to take at 13. We're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the draft is tonight. So if you don't already, make sure you get your money into betonline.eg, the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast, because tonight is going to be so much fun. I mean, if you want to pick which receiver is going to go first, which offensive playmaker is going to go off the board first, if you want to bet on who is going to be selected where, so many good bets tonight on betonline.ag. I'm excited. I'm going to be watching closely and intently for a lot of those other picks too because I'll have some juice on and have some action on tonight's draft. So that's really going to keep me engaged when the Chargers are not on the clock. So I'm really excited about that. And before the next pitch, so make sure you guys don't miss out tonight. Just head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a free 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. That's promo code locked on all caps, one word for a free deposit bonus only at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And you also need to tell you guys that if you ever have any kind of car part that you need, you know there's only one place to go, and that's rockauto.com. They have the best selection that you're going to find out there. And for me, it's all about convenience, and you can get that with Rock Auto, and I've done it. I mean, I just had something go out for my fiance's car about a month ago, an alternator that I had to get off rockauto.com. I've already had to use them a couple of times, and the nice thing is I don't have to go out. It gets delivered right to my door, and they make the website simple enough that even someone like me who doesn't know cars that well can go on it, and in just a few easy clicks just by putting the type of car in that I have, I can find the part that I need, so I know that you definitely can. And they have a ton of parts to choose from, and also you're going to get the best price. Whether you're a daily driver or a mechanic, everybody gets the same low price at rockauto.com. So go to rockauto.com today, guys. And you can see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, guys. Well, it is the final segment before we end up getting to the NFL draft tonight and come back with our reaction to it tomorrow. So in this, I wanted to talk about, you know, the scenarios that could go down for the Chargers in the first round. We'll wrap up the show today by giving our final prediction on who we think is most likely to end up with the Chargers at 13 tomorrow in the first round tomorrow. 
But I want to start in a different direction, David, because the Chargers have, you know, angered us before and made some very head-scratching picks. Not as much in the first round. I mean, maybe Mike Williams was a head-scratcher at the time, but no one was really questioning Joey Bosa or Derwin James at the time. Maybe Jerry Tillery, but I think most people were excited about the pick when it came in. So there's a chance the Chargers get someone that we haven't been high on when they go to select at 13. So when you're looking at a situation that could wake you up tonight in cold sweats as we prepare for the draft, what do you think that nightmare scenario would look like for you? Yeah, so and I want to preface this by saying that I like the player, but I do not like the player at 13. And if they take this player at 13, I will be very angry. And that player is Jeremiah Owusu-Karamoa. I like that he's an electric linebacker. He, he's a guy who can move move all over the football field. He's a little bit small. I mean, he definitely makes impact plays, but he's a little bit small. He can be easily blocked out of plays. And, and for a linebacker, a kind of a chess piece type of, of player, I don't really feel comfortable with the Chargers taking him at 13. If they took him at 13, I would be pretty close to livid. I mean, it's not a huge need for them, even though, you know, he's an explosive playmaker and I think he does a lot of different things because he's more of like a guy you feel like could play some safety too for you, mm-hmm. more of a chess piece in that way than you know Kenneth Murray would be, right? So I think it is different than that, but I think you could kind of say the same thing about Micah Parsons, right? A guy that yeah, somewhere in between an off-ball linebacker and an edge defender, a guy that pretty much everyone in the scouting community knows as a top 15, top 20 type of player, but also comes with some of the off-the-field concerns as far as some of the things in, you know, innocent until proven guilty and all that, but some of the things that he got in trouble for as far as hazing or he's been accused of as far as hazing and things like that, I think it would be a shock if the Chargers actually put him there, but a guy that I, I wouldn't really want to root for at this point. I don't really have a problem saying that. Great player, not really a fit for the Chargers at 13. Obviously, I would rather have a left tackle, but... I think in a nightmare scenario, it'd probably be someone like Aziz Ojolari, just because you're getting yeah. an edge defender, and I don't think that's the biggest need for you, obviously. And I don't think that he's not even higher on my board, you know, than Christian Darisaw is, you know, or would be. Like I think more highly of Christian. Well, and Darisaw he has the injury concerns too. I mean, that's another thing that you have to worry about. Right, exactly, and the injury concerns that just ended up sprouting on this past week, so. Getting an edge defender and not my favorite edge defender at 13, which is not even a position I want them to address at 13. But even if they got, you know, Quiddy Pay or Jalen Phillips or something like that, it's like, okay, I guess. It, but it wouldn't be the worst possible scenario because I still like those guys more than I like Aziz Ajulari. So I think that would be my nightmare pick at 13. But David, it's time now. I mean, this is our last prediction before the Chargers will end up walking up to the podium. And both of us could be entirely wrong because we're predicting a pick at 13, right? We don't even know if they're going to pick there, but exactly. let's ex- assume for this exercise that the Chargers will be selecting with the 13th overall pick. And obviously, you know, this is our prediction. We want it to be accurate. We have to factor in guys that could be gone at that point. And there's a couple of guys we really want that we expect to be gone at that point. So I wrote a whole article on this. So, I mean, some of you might already know on the LA Football Network who I think the pick is going to be. But, David, if you're predicting the Chargers 13th pick in the last show before we actually know who it's going to be, who are you going with? 
Yeah, so just considering all the factors, uh, considering how I feel Tom Telesco drafts, um, considering that you know he likes high character guys, and he obviously wants prototypical traits, and what what the coach has been saying about what he's looking for, and all that put together to me equals Christian Derisaw. I I know that that's your pick as well, Daniel, and I wasn't trying to be the same, but I just couldn't shake that feeling that this is a Chargers type of pick. It just feels that way. I mean, just all the years that we've been covering the Chargers, this just seems like the type of player that they are going to take. I mean, a guy that you feel good about, has some good traits, but also some things that worry you a little bit. And, you know, you're just like, is this the type of player the Chargers can unlock and get the most out of? I'm just, I'm not so sure. We just don't know what this coaching staff is going to be able to do. But all in all, uh, all cards on the table, I truly do believe it will be Christian Derrissaw. When the funny thing is, is we had the same sense about Justin Herbert last year, right? I mean, even though we didn't want Justin Herbert, that was like our prediction. Basically, as a show, I think we all pretty much thought they were going to end up going with Herbert just because mostly because of the fact that we didn't want him. That's the way it ended up working out because you figured that he would be the guy left over out of that top three of quarterbacks last year. Now it's coming out that Justin Herbert was their number one ranked quarterback. In 2020, right, and in 2019. Even the year before, yeah. right? <laughs> and and that makes more sense because everyone thought Herbert was going to come out in that draft class, right, in 2019, and he didn't. He went back to school, got to be on the same team as his brother, got to win a Rose Bowl. A lot of great things happened because of him going back, but somehow his draft stock went down, right? Coaching changes, terrible offense, all of those things. It feels like this year it's going to be Christian Derrissaw if they stay at 13. And I think that's obviously the important part. I think that even with Tom Telesco saying, oh, you know, arm length doesn't matter. There's guys with under 33-inch arms that have a lot of success around the league. Well, I don't think they will take a guy like Elijah Vera Tucker. It'd be very interesting, you know, if they decided to really go far in that direction and take Derrissaw over someone like Rashawn Slater, which I've seen some people mention as a possibility. That would anger me for sure. I gave all the different reasons why. It's exciting and you kind of have to temper your expectations because just like with Justin Herbert, I liked his potential. I did not think the Chargers would be the team that would be able to develop him, right? I had no faith in the coaching staff they had last year to do that with Justin Herbert with someone that seemed like he needed as much help as Justin Herbert did. That's before Pep Hamilton and all of those other factors that went into it, right? And him just learning on the job last year and everyone was wrong about that but it's impossible for me to realistically sit here and tell you guys Brandon Staley has the coaching staff that is going to be the guys that are going to turn Christian Derrissaw into an every down maximum effort monster I just can't say it because we just don't know at this point and that's the risk when you take someone like this that has those questions about him you don't really worry as much from the technical standpoint or at least I don't because it was very successful the way he did it in college But for me, the effort part of it, and I don't think he's lazy or anything like that. I mean, he looked more bored than anything. I don't think it's trying to get him to play hard. It's, is he ever going to have that killer instinct like a Quentin Nelson has? Probably not, right? Can he be a good left tackle? Absolutely. So there's a lot of different ranges of emotions you can feel with a pick like this, but they would still be getting a supremely talented player. The onus would just be on the coaching staff to make sure it works out. And for Tom Telesco, This might be your last first-round pick, buddy. So if the last thing you do is protecting Justin Herbert, I will thank you for sure, right? And I think that's a good shield to go out on and say, at least I tried to protect the young asset in Justin Herbert. So 
I think he can do himself a favor there. But if one of these guys falls, a J.C. Horn who would fit well with Brandon Staley falls, a Rashawn Slater, maybe the pick changes a lot in our minds. But that is going to do it for today's show. So excited for the draft with you guys tonight. I mean, we might have two more episodes for you guys this week. We'll definitely have an episode tomorrow with who is left after the first round and also just our first reactions to the Chargers first round pick at 13 or wherever that may be. But you can catch me and David tomorrow night. You can catch me and David tonight on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. They're going to have a bunch of analysts and experts on with them doing a live a live show for the draft. So make sure you go subscribe to Locked On NFL on YouTube because we will be on there at some point. We'll also have videos discussing and breaking down our picks that we'll have for you guys not only on our Twitter at LockedOnLAC, but also on the Locked On NFL Twitter and Locked On Now as well. So make sure you guys go follow all those pages because it will be nonstop draft analysis for us. We're teaming up with the Draft Network. I know you guys have checked that out. But I mean, everyone uses those simulators and things. But me and David cannot be more excited for this draft class and for tomorrow and for tonight because this is just something we've all worked very hard for. Even you guys out there watching film on these guys, right? Even Chargers Twitter is, you know, so invested in this. So we're really excited to have this to share with you guys tonight. Make sure you check in on our reactions and how we feel about everything. But until then, you can also follow us on Instagram at Locked On Chargers and also like the Facebook page Locked On Chargers. If you want to call in with your reaction to the Chargers first round pick, the voicemail line is 323-524-7924. And to make sure you're here for all of these draft reaction shows, make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcast from, like the new Odyssey app, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts, you can find us there and make sure to rate and review as well. But me and David will be back with you guys here tomorrow, and we'll be back with you guys tonight, so make sure you guys check in with us, because we're very excited, and hopefully we get to be here talking about someone we really like tomorrow for the Chargers. But until then, take it easy, and go Bolts.